to Break the Cycle, where we break the stigma and discuss everything from colorism to toxic aunties. In today's episode, we will be discussing the aftermath of being single for an extended period of time and the societal expectations that come with it, especially as brown women. And today we're doing things a little bit differently, and we've invited TikToker and writer and poet Dershleen Kaur to join us on the podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. We're excited to have you. So growing up being brown and single and necessarily like not having that dating experience and feeling like, oh, you're missing out on that like teenage experience, especially like as a little kid watching those movies, which back when we were younger, were they're all white blonde females. So <laughs> we'd be like watching them having like boyfriends and be like, oh, that's going to be us when we're older. And it's just like when we don't have that relationship for such a long time, it feels like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something I'm doing wrong? you know yeah no Um, I feel like it's very far removed from our reality and when I see never have I ever I haven't fully watched the show (laughs) but when I saw that on the internet like as well or as accurate or inaccurate it represents parts of our culture and our society because the South Asian culture and our society is already so vast and difficult different right like we've got multiple states within the country of India we've got Pakistan we've got Afghanistan we've got Bangladesh um Kashmir right Sri Lanka so it's in itself such a vast thing but when you see that and you see Devi's struggles or like conversations and thoughts you're like oh you know what that's exactly what I was thinking in middle school and high school as a brown girl yeah I know I think it's so easy to like just directly make fun of Devi or criticize her but like I get it like I mean she she was me like in middle school you know and I think or like even when I think about um like Simone Ashley in Bridgerton and like her struggles of just like feeling like she deserves love, you know, feeling like she can go after it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's pressure is still placed on brown women all the time. And like, like Sushi said, growing up, like we are so focused on like romance. It's just so pushed forward from like Prince Charming and like princesses and fairy tales. Like it's such a huge part of our life, right? Um, especially like 2000 rom-coms, like that's a huge thing. That's a genre in itself. So growing up, like she said, like I literally thought high school, like I was so excited about it because I was like craving those relationships. And just, I'm a senior and I am still single. I have been in zero relationships. And I don't know, like I used to be like low-key embarrassed to talk about it. I'd be like, oh no, no, I just want to talk about it. Like I just like felt so embarrassing because it's like when everyone else is dating or when everyone else is talking to their exes or relationships or even like situationships, you just feel like you don't fit in. You feel like, I'm missing out or I'm doing something wrong, you know? And especially when I was younger, you know, when we like played pretend, I would always choose that age, 17 years old, right? Uh, yeah. I would have a boyfriend, I'd have all these things. And now I'm like, and now I'm like, I'm 17 right now. And like, I haven't even had my first kiss yet or anything like that. And it's like, wait, like, am I really living my life? And that like feeling of shame, which is like, you know, first of all, I shouldn't even be feeling shame, but it's like, it sucks and it's weird that we like have to feel this way and like going back to never have her i actually just started this show like yesterday really? i'm on season two now i'm like <laughs> i've been like binging but like um i actually love baby and like i used to like i was hesitant of watching it because a lot of people like at, in fact like brown girls would tell me like oh baby's kind of annoying i kind of don't like her like how she is right so i was like oh maybe i just won't watch it and i watch it and i'm like wait like she's actually like kind of relatable like 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 everything that's doing like you have to understand her situation she goes to school where she was the only brown girl until like Anissa came along but like she was the only brown girl and like that's a 
completely different thing on its own having to deal with that having to be like oh there's all these like people having boyfriends and all these different pressures and no one there to understand you it's like you're bound to get whitewashed and it sucks that you have to feel shame for that you know yeah yeah 1000 percent. i also think that like the shame around it the feeling like you're behind the insecurities it is all fed through the male gaze so these insecurities intrinsically have nothing to do with who we are as human beings but it's essentially like this this like catch me if you can kind of tag like hide and go seek play game that men are playing and it's literally like this lens that we are living through their viewpoint like so you're insecure about being 17 and not having your first kiss okay here's a kicker i'm a junior in high school i turned 21 in a few months i've never i've never had a first kiss i've never been in a relationship and my little brother who's 10 years old like had his first kiss when he was like four like some girl at school walked up to him and just kissed him on the lips and my mom and i were standing there next to each other and i was like is this a joke are you shitting me (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's gorgeous but i was also like how is this fair but at the same time there's literally nothing wrong with it when i kind of like pause and catch myself i'm very grateful that i haven't had a shitty first kiss experience or like a shitty first boyfriend right one of my closest friends in high school her first kiss kissed her and then the first thing he said after was like well i hope i don't get mono now what no i would have left then and there boy like that's such a red flag exactly right so like I grew up on Taylor Swift lyrics, like, right? Oh my like, gosh. Yes, yes right? Like, yes. Feeling insecure about, like, being 17 in a certain age. It's like, every, Taylor has, like, every single age referenced in her, like, entire discography, right? And so it's like, mm, you feel that at every age. But I think there is something gracious and beautiful and elegant and something really, like, I, I love the word elegant when I say this because I think it's something really elegant to be like, you know what? I actually have been waiting for something valuable to come along because when we look at it, it's like, it's not like I've never been sought out and it's not like I've never been asked out and it's not like I've never been pursued. Sure. Maybe it's not like as much as like other girls get it or whatever, but I've also said no to those people because I don't feel a connection there and I'm not jumping and leaping for like the first thing that comes my way. And for that, I have to applaud my like inner strength and like confidence, right? And I know that we all have that. I know every brown girl has that. Like we all have our values and like our quote unquote standards. And we all have like what we find connecting that we want to like build a relationship out of. But it takes a minute to decipher that from your insecurities and not let your insecurities like overwhelm you and not just like run into the first thing that like comes your way. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, and talking about like being pursued, but like saying no, I think that's like, I rely like I relate to that so much because it's like like the amount like when people say oh like I or when I say like oh I'm single for a while they just like assume like oh like either like no one's asked you out or you just like haven't tried you know like you haven't tried and I'm like I mean I don't know if I I don't know how much I've tried or I have like the lack of it but like the point is like people have liked me like I know that they've like you know went up to me whatever and it's like every time I say no I swear it's like people feel that I've let them down because I said no. Like I remember um, my freshman year of high school, this guy liked me. I just I just wasn't interested in it. I just I didn't even know him. I was like, I want to be your friend. Like I don't want a relationship with you right now. I'm not looking into that. And I remember my best friend at the time, like dad ass got mad at me about it. She's like, 
he's such a great guy. Like, why aren't you going for him? He literally likes you. And I was like, I get that. But it's my, like, I'm the one dating him. I am not interested in it. And we, like, got into a fight over it. And then, like, I just, I, I obviously didn't date him. But, like, and then, like, two months later, she ended their, hit like, their friendship. And she was like, oh, my God, he was such a bad guy anyway. And it's like, but you, like, you were so strong about it, you know? And it's just, like, this idea that, like, people just, like, have told me, like, oh, your expectations are too high. Like, your standards are too high. Like, Elena, you're going to be single forever because you just have such high expectations. And, like, at a time, I literally felt like, oh, my God, maybe I am. Like, maybe, maybe my expectations are too high. But now I'm like, no. Like, no. I always say, like, if you can't meet it, I will. Like, I don't need you to meet my expectations. Like, I can do it. Like, I have nothing being, like, it's not wrong to be single, you know? It's not. I think it needs to be celebrated more if anything and finding like those friends with you no matter what that friend's gender is but like finding those friends with you that like will bounce off your energy and be like oh my gosh we're single like me and my close friends like we have made a list and me and my friends that like are living together this year in university like we made a list of like oh my gosh saturday farmer's market in the morning like um, we're going out to like these local Atlanta artists and like we're gonna go see their shows and we're gonna go see like Sunday like mornings like sometimes a lot of like jewelry makers and a lot of like small artists who like make little like physical art like will show up and filling up your time and energy with like grounding like genuine platonic love um, is so valuable and it just needs to be celebrated more. Yeah. If you, like if you don't have those high standards, then you should be ashamed because yeah. like honestly, like it's good for us because we're keeping our hearts safe and we're not settling for like like people we don't like. Cause I have like I have friends, right? Like a guy likes them and they just go out with them. Even if you can tell like they don't they don't really like them and it never ends well for them. It causes more people to like drama, more people not liking them and just like unnecessary problems when they shouldn't have even been in that relationship in the first place, but they were like I feel like I had to because, oh, they liked me and that doesn't come around very often. You know what I mean? Exactly. The other thing, like what you, the anecdote you shared about your friend from freshman year, if your friend encourages you to leap at the first thing that comes your way, and if your friend diminishes your high standards, two major red flags in your friendship, figure that friendship out and most likely run. Yeah. Yeah, um, it makes sense currently now because we're not friends anymore. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But no, that's for sure. And it's just like for the for the girls that are listening that have been in terrible relationship, that's also fine. Like you know, you yeah. learn from your relationship, you learn from those crazy exes. But like I don't know, sometimes like for the single girls, we just feel left out. Like we don't have the stories to share about the crazy exes or whatever, right? But like also sometimes I'll be listening to like my friends' dramas or like even they're in like their current relationships. They'll be talking about like oh like i remember again freshman year freshman year you're still figuring things out but i remember like my best friend at the time freshman year had a boyfriend and like it was so complicated for what like the community like the miscommunications the not putting in effort like like the feeling like you should stay in a relationship to be in a relationship kind of like sushi said like oh like if i miss this like what do i have type thing like it just like created so much unnecessary stress and I think so many people feel that like if you're in a relationship like as a woman like speaking heterosexually like you have so much pressure to maintain that relationship because if for whatever reason that relationship falls most times you get blamed 
you know unless like it's like such a clear thing like oh he cheated okay that's fine but like even then i've heard people be like oh he probably cheated for a reason you know like i'm not saying like you like or like or like they diminish it like oh like he wasn't even cheating he was just like talking to the girl like you're being crazy like you look through his phone or like you know what i mean like the other thing is like i literally made a tiktok video about this the other day i think (laughs) um uh it's so funny like my i started using tiktok as like a journal entry or like a diary or something but i made i made one a video about this the other day and it was like um talking about how we as a society do not put enough emphasis on platonic friendships and platonic connections and do not put enough energy and effort in maintaining those as much as we do relationships right like there's such a I know subconsciously, like me and my best friend right now have been best friend for four years, right? This person is literally my soulmate to the point where this person has, is practically my family now. No one in my family feels more comfortable with them than like anyone else. Like we, I went to India this summer and my mom was casually talking about my best friend to my Nanima and my Nanaji as if this was her own daughter. And it was just so funny. And my mom was like, yeah, Haley comes over and has jaw with me because I don't like jaw that much. Don't sue me later, but like, <laughs> I'm not a big jaw person. Right. And so when I was like telling my grandparents that um, this person brought me closer to my faith than anyone of the actual faith and I'm sick. So it's like, this person just brought me closer to my sicky and brought me closer to like so many things. Right. But it has been four years of taking breaks having long, long, long conversations about about boundaries, about communication, learning each other's triggers, learning each other's mental health things, learning how we function, understanding what we need. She now knows that whenever I'm hungry, I get hangry very quickly. (laughs) I know that when she's hungry, she'll get hangry slash depressed very quickly. Like we have to like, we pick up on each other, right? And that's exactly what you would do in a relationship. But the emphasis is never put on a friendship. And that's why friendships deteriorate so quickly is because we're never taught or we're never like explained, hey, this is really valuable. Like, let's work on keeping this too. And it just continuously like feeds that male gaze and that like machine kind of like psycho factory that was created by men is that like women need to abide to men and work on that and make it just their sole focus in life. No, treat it, treat it literally like another friendship in your life. No, exactly. And I, um, like I was saying, I think it's so funny because me and Sushi's first podcast episode was exactly like everything that you said, like <laughs> to a T, like friendships, um, emphasizing more on platonic friendships, um, yeah. like like our struggles with it, like literally everything you said, literally to a T was literally our first episode. And I was like, yeah, and like, I'm like someone because I think I've, been single for a while um and I've never been in a relationship I am someone that has grown to like I literally view like if I were to get in a relationship I would view them at the same level as I view like my closest best friends like I view their friendship as much and like it took me so long like like you said to learn like each other's triggers like my best friend right now right like I have a group of friends but um like my ride or die like she um I've known her since freshman year of high school and like it took a while like it took a while for us to get to where we are like she hated who I was friends with at that time um I just like I didn't know her that well and like it took a lot of time and a lot of talks for us to grow closer she literally lived with me for like a month my entire family knows her loves her she came over to my sister's birthday party like she's literally yeah. part of the family right now like I have her mom's number on my phone like to call it anytime like I know her entire family and it's just like 
and it took so long for me to realize that like I should view a friendship the same way as I like would a relationship like when there's something wrong like we take such an emphasis to communicate it or oh. learning like these things trigger so like just don't mention it or like even if you think that it's like a topic that you should avoid sometimes you do need to talk about it like if it's bothering you talk about it and even to this day like I will um randomly call her because I'll like overthink something and I'll be like hey I didn't do this right like I, I didn't want to come off this way and she's like, oh my god, Allah. like you're fine. <laughs> but just like that, like just that yeah. touch up, right? Because in like previous friendships, they failed because of the lack of communication or the lack of effort. So finding that person that you just feel like that energy isn't draining and you know, and I think that's the same for relationships as it is like platonically. And I well, think like that. as like a society too, they like really emphasize on like actual relationship relationships and not like friendship relationships. So like no one's ever taught to nourish like and when we look at life, we view like the love relationships, like like love, love relationships as more important, more worth it. And then we just like like there's experiences where people would leave their friends for oh yeah like for guys, right? And like they can never get that friendship back. And like 99% of the time that guy relationship will never last. And like communication is very important with my like closest platonic friend. Like that's like that's where we struggle right now. But we're working on it and like communicating and getting to know each other a little bit like more deep and kind of like talking about the pressure in society um you guys might not relate to it but like for me like because there's such a focus on like heterosexual relationships I really struggle to even think about relationships in a different Mm -hmm. way you know and like I don't like to put a label on myself like and like um straight or whatever so like for me, it was honestly really scary to even think that I might not be interested in a heterosexual relationship or I might be interested in something alongside a heterosexual relationship. It was just like, okay, but then am I really in a relationship? You know, like, mm-hmm. is it just like a closer friendship? You know, no. it's just like, like, and then I was like, I, I just don't want to focus on it. Like, I don't want to label it. I don't want to think about it. Cause it's just like the focus from such a young age, it's like, find your prince charming yeah. find that man that you can stand next to at the altar but it's like what if you don't want that like you know what i mean like what if that's not what you want and for the girls that are just gay like exactly like what about them like what if they don't want a guy they want a girl and that doesn't mean that they don't have platonic relations i mean like friendships but like their relationship is going to look different from yours mm-hmm. and i think that just increases to that like societal pressure that like, you're just not enough like you're not fitting to the standards if you like especially as a brown woman like i've heard so many times oh you have to be married by 25 like of course you have to be married by 25 like otherwise how are you gonna have kids like at 30 whatever like that really like set out structured timeline of getting married at a certain time and getting like having kids and grandkids and everything just kind of falls apart and like as a community, I love that we value education so highly, but mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like when it comes to the women's side, we just say, oh, you can put your education aside until after marriage. Like, get your bachelor's, get married, then get your master's, as if you don't even have a say in that own decision, you know? But, like, for a guy, it's completely different. It's like, oh, no, no, pursue your education. Get your master's, and then you can get any girl. Like, the age gap doesn't matter. Like, yeah. why is that such a thing? Like, it's so- I... I don't know why it's a thing. I really <laughs> like I don't know who created it. I I will forever till like the rest of eternity be grateful for my parents. My mom, like by the by the summer, like my mom and I just we always talk, she's known about every single crush I've ever had. Whether I wanted to or whether she saw the email of a picture of a guy that I screenshotted and was sending. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. Do I like 
and I didn't have my own email at the time. So I like sent it to my dad's email. My dad found it. <laughs> it was such a, I was in fifth grade. I was sweating like a freaking donkey or something. Um, right. But like my mom's come to this conclusion. My mom's like, you don't need to get married. She's like, marriage is the last thing I want you to ever give a crap about. And um, my dad, like this one, cause one of my closest friends who's my age, her parents were like talking about her getting married in the next like six years. And she's 2021 20, right now. And that's such a bizarre concept to me. My dad looked at me and he goes, I will not let you get married until you have your own education, your own like finally financially like sustainable job, your own house under your name and your own car. Unless you have those things, you're not getting married. I'm not letting it happen. And to hear that from my dad, from someone who is we're part of this community that is so emphasized on women and young girls getting married as soon as they possibly can, whether or not they've even finished their bachelor's, right? Like sometimes it's in the middle of their like bachelor's and that's ridiculous. I mean, like child marriages are such a prevalent thing in our communities, especially when you go back and you look at like what's happening within the South Asian diaspora in the um, in the actual Asian subcontinent, it's so it's, it's it's very very much of a prevalent thought, and it's also actually prevalent within the states, Canada and the UK as well. We may not see it as much, um, but to hear that from my dad was a very like heartwarming thing. It was a very reassuring thing. It was like my dad, a man, has my back far more than like the entire community, and I'm so so grateful for that. Right. I think that is one of the things I want to emphasize when I have children, or I want to emphasize in podcasts like these, or like uh, TikTok videos, whatever it is. It's like your daughter's like footing and grounding on her own terms is the most valuable thing. Then, if anything comes forward, you know what I mean? No, yeah, and that honestly just sucks though, because like obviously like that's great that like you have that relationship with your parents but like i know a lot of people that don't and i know a lot of people that like that's just not the reality for them and it kind of sucks because as much as you're battling like your own insecurities and your own problems and all this stuff it's like on top of that you have to fight with your family just yeah. for your own liberation to figure things out on your own it's just like it's so many battles like internally and externally and with everyone and then just like in the community feeling like a failure or feeling like you have to prove yourself like i always say like women have to work twice as hard for the same thing that men have to do 100%. and it's like if you choose not to get married then you have to be work twice as hard and i remember um i remember my neighbor right now she's incredibly talented she's but i'm she's a doctor she has her phd like she's so well educated and she's like amazing but i remember the first thing i heard about her when she moved in and she's indian okay she's she's malayali just like i am she's from kerala um but she's born in the u.s so kind of grew up the same way i did i would say and i remember the first thing i heard about her wasn't how educated she was wasn't how anything about it, it was the fact that she was unmarried and living in her own home it was like oh, like yeah she just lives alone like she doesn't and it's just like like why does that even matter like why do you care this woman is incredibly talented educated because she is alone does not make her any less of a woman you know yeah 1000 yeah, i think it's like a pressure cooker that we are like manufacturing women out of and um i think the conversation i hope that it becomes one day is less of like why do these people do this i don't know why they do it last thing i have the brain with to understand is like why they're this way right like what if it kind of like slowly moves forward to 
hey, this is the cool things my parents said to me. This is the cool thing I saw with this girl. This girl is however old, living in her own home, has her own PhD. Um, whoa, she's bomb. She's like a badass. Like, I love her. Have a coffee with her. Tell her like, oh my gosh, I look up to you so much as a high school student. You know what I mean? Like kind of creating that space and creating that community and applauding those women so that they have a spine to continue to uplift themselves, but then also uplift all of us intrinsically, like through like some domino effect. I agree. I feel like we have to be the change, especially because a lot of the times the people who are shaming women for like being unmarried and like living on their own and, you know, like being educated in a way are like older aunties, like Indian aunties, you know what I mean? And they'll be looking at like other, like they'll be married themselves and they'll look at other women and be like, oh, she's unmarried or, oh, she's divorced. And like, they literally judge people's families. And there's that stigma like, oh, brown people cannot get divorced. And so many friends, so many brown kids have to deal with unhealthy relationships because their brown parents will not get divorced because they don't want aunties and people talking about them. And they feel the pressure to choose a guy that's Indian, choose a guy like, the amount of things that brown girls have to go through just for being brown and on top of that everything that just a woman has to go through is absolutely crazy and absolutely ridiculous like it's crazy i think one thing i want to emphasize is that a divorced daughter is better than a dead daughter like there are many countless situations where she's either murdered she was abused to death beaten to death or she took her own life because she couldn't handle it anymore and it's just needs to continuously become the norm that a divorced daughter is better than a dead daughter and that she can 1000% find her footing in life and be incredibly successful if she were to get divorced. If you're like a um, husband or partner passes away and then trying to find another one, it's again, there's oh, a signal like, oh, like you were supposed to be the first one, like that's it. But it's like, why? Like why should she just like why should she be forced into that relationship like that time has passed like it is her right to do whatever she wants you know and like talking about the divorce i remember being so disheartened i forgot her name but um i don't know if you guys remember there was like that punjabi tiktoker and influencer and she's like really prevalent and she left her like abusive relationship and i i wish i remembered her name um i don't remember her name but i know something no i don't remember her name I, this happened when I was in India and I didn't have TikTok was banned on my phone because it's banned in India. So I don't remember her name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And she was murdered by her husband, right? Yes, she was. And she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, like, she, um, so she left her abusive, like, relationship and her entire TikTok feed was, like, exactly what we're talking about, like, destigmatizing yeah. divorce and showing herself as, like, a, like, new woman, you know? And it was amazing. Like, it was a beautiful platform that she used. And, her husband literally drove, I think, like 13 something hours to her house to murder her. No. And they're literally like they were divorced. Like, I that is so scary being murdered in your own home. And I bet like she dealt with so much, you know, just from that trauma of like leaving a divorce in a like brown community, but just like on top of that. No, for sure. I completely agree. And I, I wish the conversation became more focused on that, but like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we have to do that. Which it which I don't mind carrying that burden because I don't look at it as much as a burden. Um and like less of more of like a responsibility. But um yeah, no, one thousand percent. My aunt, like my Masi this summer just joked around a lot. She was like, if you don't date at least eight guys 
before you get married, I'm going to beat the living shit out of you. She was like, <laughs> you need, because because the thing is, like, we, we you said this earlier, like, relationships teach you so much about yourself, right? And that's what, that's what she was saying. She was like, go on dates as much as you can, because you're going to learn what you like, what you like in, like, a partner, what you like in 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 any like kind of sense like you're gonna learn so much about your own self and that's ultimately like what we want and what we need we want to be able to grow um aside from men so i think like as i am spending more time on campus this year my dad was like i went home last weekend and he was like so how's like the boys area of life going I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you got any stories? I was like, no, Papa, I have literally no stories. He goes, mm, that kind of sucks. I was like, thank you. I very well understand that it sucks. <laughs> Thanks for the emphasis on it. <laughs> um, uh, but like, I'm also kind of open to the idea, but at the same time, I think that growing up so no, 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 no boys, not just not really from my parents, but mainly from our community and society. Like if we were to have a boyfriend, it would be the like top of every auntie's conversation, right? So it's like always feeling so shameful of kind of having that relationship in life. Um, now I think leaves all of us brown girls in like a really weird situation of like, if we were to want to have this, how do we even go about it? Because we feel so disconnected from the concept. Yeah, and again, ties back with that, like, lack of experience. Because as much as, like, people I know have, like, shitty relationships, you still learn something from it, you know? Like, you had to experience that struggles in a relationship because you got to grow from it. And I think, like, when you're single for such a long time, you don't get that experience. So you feel like you're just not in the same playing field. Like, you know what I mean? And I think, like, it scares me sometimes. Like, like it scares me now because when I ever like someone, I've been, like, oh, but, like, he's a player, or, like, he's had, like, past relations, or he's talked to multiple people, like, we're not on the same level, like, it's just, like, not gonna happen, like, he's talked to so many people, and I've talked to, like, zero, and it's also just, like, like, it's just so boring sometimes, like, I want a relationship, but the idea of contacting on Snapchat and asking them about their favorite day and their favorite color and trying to keep a streak oh my God, I cannot do it. Like, I really want to because it's literally the way like all teenagers apparently communicate and get into relationships. It's your subject. But I've literally been done. And I remember um, not too long ago, like a few weeks, right? I was at the mall and I was like talking to this guy, okay? And he was like, like oh so like um he was talking to my sister and whatever and we were talking um because you know how like there's like those like small like shops in the mall like where yeah so basically this one was like a shoe cleaner type shop so they were like cleaning my sister's shoe and i was talking to the other guy like the other worker there right we were talking and i was just giving him a little haul about like my shopping bag right and like it was a cute combo and he was talking about it and he was like oh like do you have snap and i was like i already know where this is going like i, I already know where this is going and i like purposely was like i do but i never look at it like, I don't look at it. Like, I hate Snapchat because I was like, if you're going to ask me, like, if you want to ask me for my number, like, like, you know, just ask me for my number. I'll give it to you. Just ask me for my number. <laughs> and I was like, ask me for my number. Um, and I like had to specifically say that. And um, he was like, oh, OK. And then later on, he was like, so do you just like not use Snapchat? I was like, no, I really don't. No. Mm-hmm. no. And he's like, oh, OK do you have a number? And it was so funny to me that he said, do you have a number? Cause I'm literally standing there with my phone. And it just like, I don't know. It just made me laugh. Cause it was so cute. But I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, okay, can you give it to me? And I was like, yeah, sure. 
and I, it, it went nowhere like it went zero but I just like the idea that like I've like grown to be like no you if you want something with me ask me for my number like, I'll give you my number but I'm not giving you my stuff because if you give someone a snap it's like I think it's just like so overcomplicated nowadays like oh like you gotta snap him first but then like make sure it's just like the full face or like you look cute and like make sure like he snaps you back or like leaving you undelivered or like the open or it's like sliding chats and like getting it from the snap to the chat like you know the chat like that's two different areas stopping someone's like snap score okay so here's the thing i haven't had snapchat since sophomore year of high school okay okay i have i i remember this bullshit we used to do in high school. <laughs> I remember it very well, okay? I haven't been in high school for three years and I like deleted this. So, like, I don't think I've had Snapchat in like five or six years, right? Okay. I but I remember the nonsensical and I literally deleted Snapchat because of this bullshit because it was like, not just with like a guy, but it was like Snapchat in general. I hate the app. I think it's like, I think it's like the most useless one of all. It's of my all. least used apps. It's one of the most, I don't, I, I don't get it. I can't comprehend the concept and how it's ever useful. But um, in that regard and in that realm, I feel like I, yeah, no. All of the little things of like, do I look cute? Does, will he text me back first? Will he, when you notice those signs, that's a red flag. Okay. When those things happen though, that's a red flag. But also I learned this from my queen Halsey, the singer, of the song, <laughs> right? Um, Halsey was doing this interview um, for Apple music. And she's talking about how, like, you know, when you feel like you have butterflies on the inside, like, oh, this guy's so cute. He's giving me butterflies. Like our conversation is like, whatever. Those butterflies are a warning sign. That's your body telling you you're doing something wrong, right? That's your body telling you you're doing something wrong when or something wrong is happening and this isn't it for you when you feel like comfort peace security relaxation like a really friendship vibe that's a green flag but butterflies have been taught to us wrong it's a red flag and it's probably yeah, something yeah. That came up with that concept yeah and i love that you mentioned that because like for the long like i haven't liked many people i'll be honest but like the ones that I've liked in the past were like specifically guys who like gave me those butterflies. Like it was specifically that to the point that I was so convinced that my type was just assholes. I was like, (laughs) I I can't do anything about it. I like love the color red. I'm just looking for red flags everywhere. Like my type in like, man, I'm not even lying to you. Like my friends would be like, Elena, you need therapy. Like, I swear to God, like, we love you, but I think you have some kind of savior complex if you're trying to go for these type of men. Because they were like, like, you pick such bad ones, right? Because I don't know. I'd be like, oh, they're, like, attractive. They're mysterious. They're kind of mean. And it's just, like, again, this looks so trained to us. Like, the face. I know. Uh, it's just, like, this idea, like, that's so for sure. Like, you know, like, oh, like that, like, mysterious guy, you know? The no. one that's kind of quiet, that's kind of mean. And I was just like, like I was like okay yeah I guess it makes sense I guess it makes sense on my type of vessel and I think it's so funny and I'm like so proud of myself now because like when I'm like now I'm like it's the opposite like he's nice he's sweet I'm not like scared to talk to him and before I was like I'm scared to talk to them because like that's just who I am like I'm just scared and it's like no I'm not because I don't have a problem talking to him like I'm so calm and it's just like read training your brain to realize what butterflies and what red flags are yeah exactly no the other thing is like okay last year i liked two guys all of last year okay okay massive red flags like bigger <laughs> than the size of freaking russia or something like massive, <laughs> massive red flags right we're in our we're, we're in our ninth month of the year 
I have not liked a single guy this month this year and that is probably like that needs to be at the top of my resume I am the most <laughs> accomplishment that like I've just been very focused on myself this year and it's not always it's not been a great year just because I was like focused on myself like it's been a emotional shitty year um but like it hasn't been because of a guy but I think like until we take that also here's the thing guys girls however you identify unless you take the time to heal your insecurities or address your insecurities or heal everything you need to like kind of go through to give yourself security and backing you're not going to flourish in whatever relationship it can be your it can be your mr or mrs or perfect or whatever the person that you are supposed to be at the quote-unquote altar with right you're like other half okay it's not going to work until you work on yourself and like that has genuinely just been my mantra like have i found people cute for sure 1000 percent. have i wanted to go anything past like hi hello no yeah too much work not right like- not right and like I agree, especially like the butterflies thing. Like my last crush was um a white boy, right? And like the thing is <laughs> I I have not like like the times I talked to him was like in class, right? And he was just like really nice. And it was like crazy because like I liked him because he was nice to me. And that's like that's like such a weird that concept. Just, like that is such <laughs> a bare minimum. The bar has to I go. Know, right? I know. But don't go for the bare minimum like, like you know? the fact that that gave me butterflies was like crazy like my standards are high but like I had a crush on him right <laughs> now he's like such an asshole bro. I hate that dude like I look at him and I like internally throw up but here's like the <laughs> other thing like adding on to that the fact that he was white was like one thing that was like crazy especially as a brown girl like I constantly had to think oh he probably doesn't like Indian girls. He probably doesn't like brown girls. I shouldn't even try. And like, I just felt like I was uglier than the other girls in my school. And like, oh, oh there's like just a white girl. She's just white, right? And like, just her being white makes her so much prettier than me. Or like a lighter skinned brown girl is so much prettier than me. And just that like, oh, she doesn't have acne. She doesn't have hyperpigmentation. He'll probably like her more than he'll ever like me. And she's, I'm brown, he's white. Yeah. You know, and like, like, yeah, same thing like that. Um, Someone like, again, same problem for freshman year she basically told me that my like crush at that time she was like well like he thinks you're pretty for a brown girl like that's such a cop and i was like that is not a comp like that's literally how i got over that crush mm-hmm. but like the way that she thought that i should take that as a compliment but i was like offended like i was like what excuse me like i like you but i'm not dumb like are you kidding me like i'm pretty for a brown girl and the like the worst like the cherry on top about that was that our entire school is majority brown people like majority asian people so it was almost like he was saying oh like i guess like you're one of the better ones out of them all like i'm not gonna fuck with that like you putting down other girls is never gonna be a compliment to me but like it's just like the like and the way she thought about it and i think like maybe she's changed right now but it's just like again like girls are like almost put as competition to each other that if a guy thinks that you're better than someone else then like you should take that as like a validation like you should be proud of yourself it's like no like i i always say like i'm always gonna love compliments from girls so much better than i'm gonna love compliments from guys like girls are gonna validate me always more than guys like i don't care but like i know so many girls that to this day like as seniors in high school fight for that like guy validation or Mm. think that if a guy like picks you like he picks you and it's like no sweetie Uh no okay multiple things first i i'm at georgia tech okay this is brown people central my entire apartment building right now when i was like giving my parents a tour of the apartment building my mom was like 
are we in India right now? I was like, Mama, don't. <laughs> I wish I picked a different apartment building. Not because I have anything against brown people. I'm just not friends with a lot of brown people because I grew up with this competition with them. Okay. It's not internalized racism, but what it is is that I have a limit of brown people. Like I can only handle their bull crap, their competition, their educational competition, their beauty competition. They're just they're they're intrinsically like wired and setting that they have. I and I, the reason I say they is because I'm not that way. I know I'm not that way. I am not competitive when it comes to my education. Okay, we're getting separate degrees. You and I are not having a joint degree. It does not say there's <laughs> people and like whoever whoever graduated from Georgia Tech. No, like hello. Um, so it's like I can't handle that. So I'm very very picky with brown girls in general. I have very, very few brown friends. The ones I have, I've known them for years since we were joined by the hip and we were like born young, right? The other thing is like, I think I was talking to you about this before we started recording. Beauty standard is hardwired into brown girls as well. So the competition that girl, brown girls have with one another, it comes from the way that we were taught and we were raised. Like over the summer, the Victoria's Secret documentary came out on Hulu, really connects with Jeffrey Epstein, but Les Wexner, essentially what he did was he marketed the male gaze and the male dream to women, but it is this entire universe created for men by men to profit men, but we all think that it's for women. It's not. It 1000% is it. But that, that one concept he did with one brand is actually what the entire societal scale is right now. That's literally what we are living in, right? And so when you see these girls have these competitions, it is, it's literally like a cat fight to arouse men. That's literally what it is. It's it's all, it's it pit girls against girls. And yeah. it's like so yeah. messed up. It's just like an added layer of competition. And like this idea, um, I feel like me and Sushi talked about this before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or just personally, but like this idea that like, if you fit into like Eurocentric standards or like Eurocentric features, you're even more prettier, you know? Like, I don't know, growing up, hearing like oh you shouldn't go in the sun too much because you're like you should you need to be fairer you know like i've heard that a lot and then like like less growing up or like when i went to like like the high school that i do now or whatever like when people would call me pretty i would literally be like do you think i'm pretty or like do you just think i fit more of that like white girl standard like do you think i'm more of like fit more of your eurocentric features like which one really is it you know and like you talked about the competition with brown girls for like me it was actually the other way around because my middle school was primarily white girls. And so like, I went from like a white girl place, like to basically mini India. So it was like reverse order for me. So like growing up with like white friends, I was like, I always felt like an odd one out, you know, yeah. like I always felt like, um, I, I, also, I also think this, like an average white girl is always going to be prettier than like an average POC. Like POC women just have to be like exceptionally beautiful to be even considered. And I think that's absolute, like, bullshit. Like, screw that. But it's just this idea of, like, competition again. And again, like, and, uh, and like, in middle school, like, no guy looked at me. Like, no one looked at me. And I, I'm grateful for it now. But, like, at that time, like, it sucked, you know? Because it's, like, I'm friends with, and I, I think all of them are beautiful. Like, I'm not saying anything about that. It's just, like, this idea that, like, the white girls are going to get chosen first. And it just, again, that internalized misogyny and that internalized, like, insecurities that like, you're just not it. And then I guess it just kind of in reverse order because like, when I go, when I went to the high school that I am in now, it just, it just, like, was the other way around. You know, all of a sudden you're getting looked at, all of a sudden you're not focused. And you're, like, is it because I'm, like, surrounded by brown people and then you think, like, I'm like the different one or like I'm the exception or like 
what is it? And it's just like so much overanalyzing and so much yeah. overcomplicating. But we're taught to like overanalyze it, right? And right. so for me, it was like a boomerang effect. Like I, middle school and high school was very difficult for me. I was bullied very, very badly to where it really was, a, it was a massive toll on my mental health to where one day if I ever publish a book about my life, it will all be there. But it was very, very bad for me um, to the point where I stopped going to school, didn't want to go, wouldn't go. Um, and that's where I kind of really fell away. So like my middle school and high school was predominantly white, very, very white. Um, but like growing up, I'd always been bullied by brown girls, like at the tuition centers or at like the Kumans or the whatever's right of the world. Um, then COVID hit and I spent two years unlearning all my insecurities and unlearning the beauty standard and building my confidence back up, being comfortable in my body here, being comfortable in my skin color, being comfortable in like my melanin, everything, right? I'm at university. Last year I commuted, so I wasn't really on campus much. And then the year before that, I was literally in, during the middle of COVID. Now I'm on campus, I'm in this circle and my insecurities have like flown back in faster than a goddamn plane. Like they're all there again. And now I have to rework through this, which I know is growth. Growth is forever consistent or is, is never going to just be a constant thing. You work on it once, it's not gonna stay, but like you feel it again and girls are never gonna uplift you. Like, I mean, my close friends do uplift me, but when you see someone from like afar, brown girl, like it just, you don't feel, you don't feel, you just feel competition and you feel a barrier. But I don't blame her and I don't blame me for that barrier. I blame some external force for it. It's literally society that pits us brown women against each other, especially like you can literally look at India, right? They will look at North India and they will go there and be like, oh, if you're fairer, you're prettier. If you look like this, you're prettier. And it's like, it's like we're against each other. And it's honestly so crazy. It's not only in looks, but like you were saying, like in education, especially like now I go to like a predominantly brown school. When I tell you, I don't like so many of the people there just because they act like that in terms of education, right? Like competition, they'll be toxic, like backstabby toxic. Like they will like give you the wrong answers to tests kind of toxic. So you, they like fuck up your GPA kind of stuff. And like, it's like that competition of, oh, I need to be the smartest. And then like, oh, I also need to be the prettiest. And like, there's this like one girl in specific, right? And she'll literally like think she's above people. Like she's brown too, but she has like, like more Eurocentric features. She has lighter skin. She would literally be like, oh, look at how brown I am. Look at how tan I am. Right. And she'll be like, 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 I'm like, bro, you're literally like, like you literally have lighter skin. She'd be like, yeah, like I like, I like, I'm happy. Right. And she'll like say like, oh, my mom gets mad at me. Like, and it's honestly so like disgusting how she acts. She's also the kind of girl who would be like, who would look in the mirror and call herself fat in front of people who are insecure about their weight, even though, yeah. And like that's like all kinds of toxic and like no. itself. Yeah, yeah that's our, our communities internalized colorism, racism, and fat phobia will is like centuries in the in the working. Hundred percent. And um, like you were talking about like COVID and that huge change, and like I don't know, like for me, it was like so different to see how people treated me before COVID and after COVID because I changed a lot right but like like um I didn't experience fat phobia so because I was always like skinny but like so like people would always like choose to comment on that though they'd be like you're skinny like you don't get to complain you're skinny like and it's like 
I'm not completely, I'm not complaining about the fact I'm scaling. I'm not like fat shaming or I'm not literally saying anything like that, but it's just like, why do you choose to pick on that? Like, why do you choose a specific cloud that out? And I remember like, so like before COVID, right? Like acne, Invisalign, glasses, all that, like don't know what to do with my hair, clothes, whatever. Right. And then like, I, whatever, had a glow up, whatever you call it. And just like the drastic, like people always like, think, I don't know. I don't know. People think I'm exaggerating sometimes, but no, like you see how differently people change and how differently people treat you when you, they think that you are pretty. Like mm-hmm. from the way that they treated me before and like the way that they treat, like it'll be the same person or like it'll be just as a collective. It's just like, it's such a huge shift. And it's like, people talk about pretty privilege and it's so, it's so prevalent. And like, oh, I'm not saying, oh my God, I'm so pretty. Like, I'm not like trying to say like that, but it's no, just like- but it's so real. Like, it's just like people that wouldn't have looked at me twice will now like be nice. Mm-hmm. Like people would have just like not done like even small things, you know, just like open a door or whatever. No, they'll take that extra effort now. And it's like, it's so noticeable. Like it is so obvious. And it just like adds into like my other layer of like, just like trust issues. Like why should, yeah. like, why am I trusting you? And it's just like, it's so dumb. It's so stupid. And like COVID, like I'm so grateful for it in like certain ways because it gave me like, it forced me to be alone and it forced me to deal with my insecurities like you talked about like um especially acne like I, I've mentioned this before I think but like acne was like my biggest struggle right like I always felt like it was my biggest insecurity like I never felt like I was pretty because of my acne right um and like to the point that like I wouldn't even like to look in the mirror like I would not look in the mirror if I would like wash my hands like I would just like leave like like it's just like I didn't want that like confirmation that I had it if that makes sense and it just like added to it or like working out like excessively working out or trying to figure out your relationship with your body right because you have people that are like my age trying to like lose weight and there's people that literally complimenting me on how skinny I am and your relationship with food like and just like realizing that you are so much more than your body you are so much more than what you look like and like I'm so grateful for the relationship I have with my body and with food and all that now but there's such an emphasis like it took such a long time to realize that you were not your body like you know what I mean like you are separate you have your thoughts and you have your feelings and all of that is so much more valid than like anything else yeah and the people that like look at you and like comment and look like people that look at you only at the surface level like at your body at your looks and are nice to you because of that like literally they're so fucked up in their own sprite like that is a big red flag and I know people like that like people who are friends with me like that and like it's just like like friends with me like that but like it's so messed up but then like it's also internalized in their own way like they think like that for like a certain reason obviously you can't justify their actions for being like that but like you like realizing that the reason they think like that is because they were also pushed so much to think like oh like this white girl is so much prettier than me if I look more like her I'll be prettier too and like that too like there's this one like one TikTok I saw um and like like a girl an Indian girl was saying like like I'm being like she was saying like oh I'm being completely honest right now like if you take an average looking white girl right you make her a couple shades darker right all of a sudden she's not considered as beautiful because of that right because you can just compare features and things like that but it's like that whole idea of comparing that it's like because we're Indian because we have these different features all of a sudden I'm uglier and I need to change that about myself I need to become prettier in order to gain respect and that's so messed up because no one will look at you 
past the surface in like this disgusting society. Yeah. And I think that like, so it's really interesting because me and my best friend, we don't usually call people hot. Like that term is very, makes me very uncomfortable. I don't usually call people hot. And um, over this, this clicked to me in high school and I'm very grateful it did, but I don't know how it happened, but I have to get to know someone to like that. There is something about me that changed where your appearance will never hit through to me and will never make me feel like you're cute. I don't, it doesn't, it, it, it literally, I'm immune to it. I don't understand why, but it doesn't work on me. Um, there was a guy in the elevator the other day who was like really sweet to me. And so we nicknamed him cute elevator guy in the group chat, but um, he was like asking me where I was going and like what I was up to or whatever. And he was just very sweet. And the conversation stuck to my mind and I can't even remember what he looked like. I think I saw him in the building today, but I couldn't tell you if that was actually him because I didn't even get to look at his face. I was just talking to him and I was so like involved in our conversation, which is Loki, Loki sad because now I don't know who he is. <laughs> but, um, but like, that's, that's the more valuable thing because at the end of the day, our bodies are going to sag and get wrinkly. So let, let's like, put emphasis on like the insides but like that's gonna take forever right like all of society is never gonna get there I think finding yourself finding your friends finding the people to hop on a podcast with and talk to about this and like finding that community that's literally golden right but we can never get all of society that way and you know what I'm fine with that I don't need to try and cover everyone's mind for sure like 100% and like like what you said being alone it's like it's so amazing. Like, COVID literally forced me to be alone. And just, like, I, I know we touched on this before, but, like, that, like, really emphasizing, instead of figuring out, like, what a partner you want or whatever, figure out what, you, like, you want. Like, what do you need to work on yourself? And then figuring out what are your expectations and what are your standards. And then trying to find the person. Not trying to find the person and trying to fit them in a box. Because I think so often, like, I know I did that. I was definitely did that where I just like thought someone was cute and I thought they were adorable. And then I just like made up a personality to fit them into the standards that I wanted. But like, that's not fair to them. And that's not fair to me because then I'm forcing someone into a box that it's not made for them. Like, it's just not their place. And like, it's like a while to realize like the difference between, you know, what you want, what your expectations are and what's reality. For sure. Thank you. And like, honestly, like for me, COVID was also like that realization because I used to be the kind of person who would always have to be on FaceTime with someone else. And like, I needed that, like, especially in ninth grade before COVID hit, like the beginning, I needed that validation from other people and coming to IA, you know, like it was like a complete shift when COVID hit. Cause I was like, oh, now I'm forced to be with myself and like work on yourself and realizing what you want, like what you were saying and raising my standards. And honestly, like my standards are so high now. Loki, thanks to my dad, because the man cooks and cleans and does everything oh, for me and brings food for me <laughs> and like buys my pads for me, lets me lay in my bed. Like, it's like, it's like, so, like, if I don't have someone like that, I'm not okay with it. Like, no, you know, like, right. And like being alone, honestly, being single overall, it's like Loki refreshing in a way and not something we should be ashamed of. It's so refreshing. It's yeah. Can we just take a moment to like celebrate how refreshing it is? It's really nice. It feels Having, yeah. It feels so nice. Like I feel so good this semester. 
I'm I worked out yesterday. I worked out the day before that. I have been like cooking and cleaning and like listening to podcasts and I it's just less of a headache. It's just one less headache that I have to handle. Exactly. And it's like you can choose to be open to a relationship and at the same time find joy in your alone time. Like I think that is such a huge emphasis. Like I know there's such an emphasis placed on like teenage relationships and um and this like idea that finding and experimenting as a teenager and you can do that really at any age like I don't really think we should tie an age to what you should be doing because we all are going on different paths we all have different stories I know people that have been in three three relationships now and I know people just like me who have been zero or I know people who've only been in situationships um and it's just that's all okay like it is completely fine and figure out what you like figure out your hobbies like figure out like you do you you know find the things you like invest that in time into your friendships into your clubs and into your future yeah and also i just want to let anyone know who's listening to this feeling insecure is one not your fault two fully valid and three please you please give yourself the time space and energy to feel the emotions you are feeling diminishing them or pushing them aside is not going to help you get through it um, or help you build your confidence or help you build a level of security and stability. Um, yeah. And like, honestly, like if we think about insecurities in that way, no one picks apart you more than yourself. So the second like you stop looking at your insecurities as something to be ashamed of, like, honestly, no one thinks about anyone more than they think about themselves. So you should realize like no one's judging you. And if that's the reason for your insecurities, then like let it go because no one's actually looking at you. And the second you stop being insecure, you you take away that power from the society. You take away that power from the people who are judgmental because it doesn't matter what other people think about you if you are happy. Like, that's what I always say. Like, you can be a doctor and you can be rich and you can be depressed, but I'd rather be the person who's like working at McDonald's and happy with myself because who's the person who's actually winning in life? The person who is happy with life. And like, Loving yourself first is honestly a much, like I could live with myself for the rest of my life, but like you have to live with you like more, you know? Right, yeah, I understand that. For sure. Yeah, and at the end of the day, being single is not a crime and you're not any less attractive because of the lack of people interested in you. So take this time to enjoy being with yourself and finding who you are as a person and what you want to do Um, and what you want in a partner. Thank you again for joining us on this uh, podcast, Darshleen, and um, everyone give her a follow on her Insta and TikTok, and would you like to shout it out? Yeah, my Instagram and my TikTok are at Kaurzai. It's K-A-U-R-Z-E-Y-E. And always, like, shoot me a DM. I'm so down to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we will also link that into our BTC Instagram, so everyone can check that out as well. And thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you. Oh, thanks. I loved this conversation so much.